Who Gets to Decide, a liberty-based podcast that brings a little piece of sanity to a confused society drowning in a culture of craziness. And here is your host, Seth Martin. All right, what's up everybody and welcome to another episode of Who Gets to Decide. This is Seth Martin, your host. Thank you for joining me this evening. Glad you are here and happy you're listening. Well, my voice is a little hoarse today, so we might cut it short, although to me this is an important topic, so maybe we won't, Uh, but bear with me if it squeaks or scratches or something like that, just uh, ignore it. In a couple of days, it'll be back to normal. Yeah, so over the weekend, Donald Trump was indicted, and um, and so somehow they're going to arrange to arrest Donald Trump, or he's going to turn himself in, or whatever. And, you know, I I don't want to get into the details of the case. For one thing, we don't know a lot about the case. But what we do know is they have been after Donald Trump since 2015. I would say since about maybe July or August of 2016, this government that we call America, land, home of the free, land, land of the brave or whatever, Land of the free, home of the brave. And, you know, it, it's really something, and, and we've been talking about this for a while, you know, how the the justice system is really, it's, instead of, instead of exerting its force to ensure justice, it's actually using its coercive force to ensure injustice. And so it's really like a lot of other things. We talk about upside down world. In America, we've we've literally our justice system has been turned on its head. And and this is not the only example. In fact, we're going to play some from Tucker's show here in a minute and there's this guy named Mackey that was uh, prosecuted for putting out a meme that said, "Hey, Hillary Clinton voters, go text your vote. Don't wait in line, you know." And he points out that there was this this person, this other person, Wong, last name Wong, who did the same thing about the same time. And, of course, the Justice Department hasn't pursued her at all. So, you know, we've got this really, um, we've got this value, this virtue that Americans share. And, by the way, Americans don't share much these days. I mean, you know... In fact, I've I've talked about that on this show before. One of the problems in America, one of the reasons there's so much division is because they're asking us to share too much. They're asking us to believe too many things. Um, We just don't have that many shared values. We have, uh, you know, we have liberty, we have justice, we have individualism, uh, and, and what they're doing is they're trying to get rid of individualism for the collective. They're trying to get justice for whatever reason. We don't know. Maybe power or whatever. Uh, and liberty, of course, they're getting rid of liberty in order to get the power by using the justice system. So these, there, there are a number of virtues that, that Americans historically have shared. And equality under the law, you know, justice is blind, things like that. These are, 
These are virtues. It didn't matter if you lived in New York or you lived in California or you lived in South Dakota or you lived in Oklahoma or Texas or Arkansas or wherever. You would respect those virtues. You, In other words, you didn't, that was not something you saw. Uh, like if somebody didn't believe in justice, that would be a reason to like attack them or to criticize them. Like how could you live in America and not believe in justice? But our government is is slowly, well, I would say slowly at first, but now accelerating the wedge that it's trying to drive into some of these virtues. And this is something that, that happened as a result of Donald Trump. There's no doubt about it. This was not really going on before 2015. Um, these people that run our country... And they're, by the way, they're not the people you elect, okay? You can forget about that. You don't get what you vote for. Um, voting is really superfluous in our system today. I know they make a big deal about it. Uh, they talk about democracy and, you know, this. Democracy is not a virtue. Um, it, it's, there's nothing virtuous about democracy. Democracy is a mob rule, okay? If uh, I used to... The way I used to point this out to people is I would say, I would ask them a question. I'd say, look, look, you know, if we all go to the polls um, and, and vote to execute George W. Bush in the street, would that make it right? And, of course, people would be horrified, you know. I mean, even people that hated Bush, and there was a lot of them uh, back when he was president, you know, people were protesting the war and, Bush lied, people died, and all this kind of stuff, which is great. I mean, that's at least that's a legitimate way to protest. Um, but they were horrified by this kind of question. And the reason it's horrifying is because people instinctively know that you can't vote to kill somebody. <laughs> you know, th this sense of fairness is is built into everybody, and it's it's tied to this virtue of justice. This is why if uh, two kids are playing and one of them takes a toy away from the other one, the one that had the toy taken away always comes up and tells on the other kids, you know, so-and-so took my toy. Well, they, they know instinctively. I mean, we're, we're just, this is, this is a value that, and a virtue that we all share. And it doesn't, you almost don't even have to be taught this virtue. It's just, it's just something that's kind of uniquely American. And, um, and what you've got is you've got the government undermining that at every turn. If it has anything to do with Trump or Trump supporters, I mean, we've, we've talked about January 6th. We've talked about numerous uh, examples. And my fear and belief, partial belief anyway, is that eventually this will, this will cause some sort of unraveling or undoing of the United States. It's just, it, it, you cannot treat people this way without there being some sort of ramifications. Good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson tonight. The defining principle of the American legal system, really of American life, the principle that has kept us free, is equal justice. And the principle is fairly simple. No matter what you look like or who your parents were, or what your politics might be, the law treats you exactly the same way as it would any other American. In this country, 
justice is blind. Now, that's a lofty standard, but because Americans have long believed in fairness and because most of the people in charge of administering that system have behaved in good faith, this country has, for the most part, lived up to its core ideal for 250 years, making it the greatest country in the world. But the populist surge of 2016 changed everything. Permanent Washington suddenly felt more threatened by its own voters, by American voters, than by any foreign adversary. Donald Trump, to them, seemed more dangerous than ISIS. They panicked. And in their panic, our leaders decided to turn the American legal system, as well as the American intel agencies, and if necessary, the US Army, against their political opponents. They felt they had no choice. In doing this, they abandoned the ancient principle of equality under the law, and they replaced it with what is effectively a loyalty oath. Opponents of the regime became enemies of the state. That's a huge change, and you're seeing the results of that change tonight. Yeah, you know, I think Tucker is spot on here. You know, one of the things that used to frustrate me about people that opposed Trump is they would worry about what he says. You know, and, and, and this is kind of tied to the whole free speech thing. You know, where these there's a group of people in our country that think speech is violence, you know? And so people you would get afraid of Donald Trump based on what he said. You know, he might say something stupid that he doesn't, let's say, have the legal authority to carry out. Well, then people would get nervous about that. Like they would get, they would get afraid, afraid of that, you know. And like I, what I used to say is, look, I don't worry about what Donald Trump says. I, I worry about what he does. You know, what he does is a lot more harmful than what he says. In fact, what people say is not harmful at all. Um, not, not just the act of saying it. Now, if you're, if you're, uh, you know, trying to further some idea and the idea is just wrongheaded and leads to bad outcomes that that ultimately could become dangerous you know um totalitarianism if you want to sit around and talk about that and the steps to to get to a, a totalitarian state those words assuming people followed it and voted for it or whatever that would lead to you know violence but just saying something you know the sky's blue or whatever, that's not violent. Um, and, and so there were a lot of people like that, though. They were, they were concerned about Trump, what he said about women, or what he said about this, and what he said about that. You know, look, if, if he said something bad about women, that's not the same thing as saying, hey, I want to round all women up and make them live in convents or something. And let's, let's do that. You know, I'm going to write an executive order to, the, to that effect. It's not the same thing as saying something ugly about women or tacky or whatever. So it, it, it this just for some reason, and I think Trump, I mean, I think uh, Tucker's right, is the the state just freaked out. Now I think they freaked out more about just him not being an insider. Like, he just wasn't part of the club. So it's kind of like the new kid at school, right? You know, the new kid comes into school, and let's say it's a new guy, you know, new boy. And all the girls like him. They think he's cute or whatever. But then the guys just hate him, and they won't let him play football. They won't let him play soccer or baseball. Uh, he always gets picked last, even if he's a great athlete or something. 
and this is just, you know, this is the club thing, you know, even, even though the club is wrong and the club, um, uh, it's not virtuous. It's not acting, uh, in, in, with any principles in mind. It's just, uh, a group of people who are, I don't know, jealous or something. I mean, there's something driving that psyche. What does he know? He's, he's, all he's done is run crooked businesses. You know, it's jealousy, maybe. Um, the fact that he's calling them a swamp and he's going to go in there and drain the swamp. You know, I, I don't know what it is exactly, but it, it, it's that kind of effect, you know, where you're, you're an outsider, you don't belong and you're going to come in here and you're going to be president of the United States. You know, when I was a kid, we used to talk about that. We'd say, Oh, well, you can, you, you know, you can grow up to be the president of the United States. If you want to, you work hard enough, you do the right things. You can be the president of the United States. I, you know, I don't think that's true, really. I, th- I think, uh, I think the one exception to that, or the one, the one area where that actually did happen, was Trump. I don't think anybody ever thought Trump could be president of the United States, and when he did, the establishment just freaked out. I mean, this is a guy who stood on the stage, and and told Jeb Bush. You know, why, why are you, you, you got low energy. Why are you running for president? You're, you can't lead it. I mean, he just was calling him names and stuff. You don't, you don't, you don't think the Bushes have a lot of friends in the CIA. George H.W. Bush used to run the CIA. And so, you know, they're like one of the famous crime families of all time in the United States. So anyway, I, I something definitely happened with this populist movement. Now, Here's where I think the establishment's wrong. They think now that they've gotten rid of Trump, they think that that that's the end of something. They think Trump, the whole Trump experience, the the run up to Trump, his presidency, and now him being run out on rails, that's the end of something. But I think they're wrong. I think this is the beginning of something. I think his presidency was the beginning of people beginning to see the truth about their government. We'll see. Time will tell, but it feels a lot different to me. I mean, I was around when we had the Tea Party movement and the Occupy Wall Street movement. In fact, we've talked about how those two movements probably scared the establishment and probably led to all this cultural revolution stuff, so wokeism and and all that. But we'll have to pick that up on a different show. Um, but th- this this... This uh, get Donald Trump thing feels a lot different to me than the Tea Party or Occupy Wall Street. This feels like the state is fundamentally making a decision that you can't have outsiders as part of the political uh, establishment. That's just not going to happen. Just 24 hours after a Manhattan grand jury indicted Joe Biden's rival in the next presidential race, Another jury, also in New York, convicted a Republican social media influencer called Douglas Mackey. What did Mackey do wrong? Well, Douglas Mackey's crime was mocking Hillary Clinton voters online. You're seeing on your screen the meme that Mackey posted on Twitter during the 2016 election. In that meme, Mackey suggests it's possible to vote for president by text message, because only Hillary voters could be stupid enough to believe something so absurd. But of course, in real life, no one did believe that. 
Mackey's insult did not alter a single vote in the election, and no one has proved otherwise. The government brought forth not a single victim of this crime. It couldn't. Douglas Mackey was joking. Nobody believed he was a federal election official. And in fact, his social media profile pictured a Donald Trump hat. It was unmistakable. This was mockery. But in the wake of the 2016 election and the rising hysteria of, about Donald Trump, mocking the Democratic Party became a crime. So as a result, tonight, Douglas Mackey faces 10 years in prison. The case against Doug Mackey is the most shocking attack on freedom of speech in this country in our lifetimes. It's also a useful lesson in who will be allowed to speak going forward. As it turns out, a woman called Christina Wong posted an almost identical meme the same year, back during the 2016 election. But unlike Doug Mackey, Wong voted for Hillary Clinton. Hey, Trump supporters, she wrote, skip poll lines and text in your vote. Same crime. But the Department of Justice under Joe Biden has shown no interest in prosecuting Christina Wong. Do you see how this works? Have you internalized our new partisan legal standards? That would be the point of the exercise. They want you to know the rules. I used to point out examples of stuff like this, of these injustices. And um, before they were, you know, the ones that were uh, more obvious at the time were, were criminal ones. And it used to irritate me to no end when somebody would say to me, well, Seth, like, like, like they're, like they know something. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to get too far in the weeds on that, but they would say to me, well, Seth, you know, if you're not doing anything wrong, you don't have to worry about anything. And I'm like, man, you really, <clears throat> you really don't understand the state. You don't understand what the state is. And this is, this is a problem in our country. People are not skeptical about this institution, the state. I say it all the time on this program, and I'm going to continue to say it until I hear people saying it everywhere. And that is states, okay, countries, governments, whatever you want to call them, killed almost 170 million people in the 20th century. And I, I don't have any evidence. I don't, I don't know if this is going to happen or not, but it feels like to me we are on track to exceed that, maybe by a factor of 10. Um, we've just got, we've got the craziness going on around in the world that is, it, it's going to lead to starvation. It's going to lead to lack of energy. It's going to lead to, uh, uh, we're going to be going backwards as a civilization, not forwards. And, and it's stuff like this. And it's the attitude that in, in that statement, well, Seth, if you're not doing anything wrong, you don't have to worry about anything. And that is just not true. That is not true. It never has been true. And it's, it's becoming more obvious every day. And this poor kid, Mackie, you know, he's a young guy. He didn't know what he was, I mean, he didn't know what he was up against, really. I mean, he posted something, he was being creative, just trying to get likes and retweets, you know, and he finds himself facing a 10-year sentence. Meanwhile, this lady Wong, Christina Wong, did the exact same thing, and her life just goes on, unmolested, 
no problem, nothing to see here. And I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make a statement here. This type of dichotomy cannot exist in this country. There will be people killing each other in the streets over this shit if this persists, you know, for any length of time. And it's just, it, it drives, it's, it's so fundamentally um, repugnant to human beings to see this kind of uh, this kind of dichotomy of way the way the justice is administered, that it will definitely lead to violence, and maybe that's the point, right? I mean, um, <clears throat> was it Glenn Beck was suggesting that the other night? I saw him on Tucker. He was suggesting that that's the reason behind it. They want to create violence. Uh, they want uh, a predicate to throw uh, the, the law-abiding people in jail. They want the law-abiding people to snap, to um, commit violence, and then they'll have a legitimate reason to throw them in jail. Round, take their guns away from them, whatever. You know, this person did this. You know, we get to, we get to completely take their, we, we'll take their guns away from them. We'll take all their property away from them. We'll tie them up in court, ruin their lives, and they'll no longer be a threat. And, you know, what's, what's interesting about this is, you know, I, I heard Donald Trump say something like, you know, if they can do this to me, they can do it to you. Well, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's obvious, you know, but the thing is they've been doing it to us for a long time. And some of us have a little bit under, a little bit better understanding of what we're dealing with than others. Certainly the people that showed up at the Capitol on January 6th had no idea what the state was capable of. Those people thought they were there to uh, protest, uh, you know, assemble to protest uh, their government for a redress of grievances. And some of them were facing sentences of years in prison for essentially trespassing. The government really hasn't hasn't proven anything really beyond trespassing. Now, what they do is they threaten all these people with bigger crimes, and then you know scare them into admitting to something. And that way, people on CNBC and or not CNBC, uh, CNN and MSNBC can say, "Well, they were convicted of such and such," you know, and they you know took a plea deal. Well, why did they take it? You know. If you if you if you don't you don't take a plea deal unless you're guilty. I mean, even Donald Trump said that, and that's just not true. When you're looking at a, a trial where the outcome could be 20 years, and a prosecutor's offering you three or four years, you know that's a scary situation to be in, and it's totally um, tyrannical that they put people in that in that situation. But this is how our system works. This is. This is what our government is capable of. And you just need to understand that uh, these people are not your friend. In fact, if, um, if anybody from the government ever comes up to you and wants to talk to you, the only word out of your mouth should be lawyer. <laughs> and even if they go, well, hey, I'm trying to help you, you know, I can't help you if you don't help me, lawyer. I mean, that's the only thing you need to say. Because these people are not your friends. And they don't care about you. I saw on Twitter the other day a, a, a pastor got arrested 
for praying into a loudspeaker. And these cops, I mean, there was like 20 of them. And maybe we'll do a show on the cops because, you know, look, cops are people too, right? They're out doing their job. But I'm going to tell you, man, if you're, if you're a cop out there and you are, are doing this to people, arresting pastors for praying in public, even with a loudspeaker, uh, or you're, you're doing, you're, 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 uh, you're a tool of this, of these injustices, man, you got, you got some big problems. There's something wrong with you and you probably ought to go live in Russia or someplace where they don't care about stuff like that, you know, civil liberties. Because, you know, if you're, if you're sitting there, well, I'm just doing my job. I'm just doing my job. You know, I'm going to get my 20 and get out of here. Well, look, your job doesn't explain everything. That's your, by the way, there were people that were convicted in the Nuremberg trials who said, Hey man, we were just doing our job. Well, you know what? They got, they got in trouble too. In the end, doing your job does not excuse you from, uh, you know, violating other people, other human beings. So what we're watching here unmistakably is bigger than Donald Trump. But we're going to begin tonight with the latest on his case. And we're doing that because he is, and this is not at all incidental to his prosecution, he is the leading Republican candidate for president. Now, Trump apparently is being charged not with treason or insurrection or collusion or even shoplifting, but with something much smaller, a slew of process crimes relating to a payment he apparently made seven years ago. In no fair system would that be a crime under the law seven years later. But the Soros-funded district attorney in Manhattan, Alvin Bragg, has stitched together a Frankenstein legal theory to justify this prosecution. Under normal circumstances, it would be impossible because the statute of limitations has passed. And as if all of that were not third world enough, someone leaked the news of Donald Trump's grand jury indictment to the media. Now that in itself is a crime under the law in New York. In fact, a much bigger crime than those under which Donald Trump is being charged. Will Alvin Bragg prosecute the leaker? Please. It's almost certainly someone in his own office. Nor will Bragg prosecute, as many people have pointed out today, the crimes of Hunter Biden or other Democratic partisans. Those aren't rare or hard to find. Bragg will not prosecute Hillary Clinton, even though she just admitted to violating campaign's finance law by paying for the fake Russian dossier. I really don't take issue with anything he said here, but one of the things I want to expound on is leaking. Do you remember when Donald Trump was president? There was a leak like every week. You know, Justice Department officials say this and unnamed, you know, Pentagon officials said that. And I mean, it was just, that was the news. That's how the news was reported. It was just leak after leak after leak. Have you noticed that since Joe Biden has been president, not one leak. That place, it's like they use that flex seal all over the walls and windows inside the Pentagon so that nothing can leak out of it. <laughs> I mean, it is the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen in my life. There were leaks multiple times a week during the Trump presidency. I mean, the guy couldn't get anything done because the entire apparatus was working against him. And, you know, I mean, basically all the people that voted for Trump, and I, look, I, I'm not... 
I'm not, I mean, you guys know me. I'm not here to advocate for Republicans or Trump or Democrats or anything like that. I think nothing would make me happier than if Joe Biden was the last president of the United States. The United States just ceased to exist. I think, I, I don't, I think the problem with the country now, and I love this country. I mean, I need to stipulate that I love this place. I, I think at one time, certainly, um, you know, the run-up of the United States was the greatest explosion of wealth and creation the world has ever seen. But, you know, we've allowed the government to creep into it and, and, and poison it. And we're no longer, I mean, this is just my opinion, we're no longer a net good in the world. And we haven't been since 2000, since our response to uh, what happened here in 9/11. Instead of instead of doing what Ron Paul said and said, why are the why would they attack us? You know, we ran around and said, well, they attacked us because we're free. Well, that was stupid. That was wrong. What happened was we, after the first Gulf War, we started setting up bases in Saudi Arabia, and, and you know, for better or worse, Saudi Arabia is a theocracy. And there's a lot of religious zealots there, and they didn't like the fact that we'd set up bases and were operating, you know, forward operating, uh, you know, fighter wings and stuff out of out of the place, you know, where they do the Hajj every year. You know, they go to Mecca and you know walk around the place where Muhammad appeared or whatever. So you know they, it, it's just. They had grievances, but we we ignored those and made up our own. We we just said, oh, it's they don't like our freedom. They they hate that we're free. We said all this ridiculous stuff and lied our population into a war that has stolen billions, many many billions of dollars, trillions of dollars, um, dozens of trillions of dollars from our citizens and our future citizens. Because not all of it was paid for. We had we borrowed a lot of it. And and the government just exploded. I mean, you gotta remember back when um, back when George Bush was president, like his first term, I think our budget was like less than two trillion dollars. Certainly when Clinton was president it was less than two trillion dollars. Now it's we don't even have a budget. We're spending six, six and a half trillion a year. And on nothing and getting nothing done, getting nothing for it. So you've just got such a corrupt system. Um, it's, 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 it's just beyond repair at this point, in my opinion. But, um, but they're not going to go down without a fight. They're going to they're gonna throw every damn one of us in jail if they have to before they give up their power. What's fascinating is that none of this has alerted the watchdogs to government abuse, our media, no, just the opposite. The media are cheerleading our new standards of tribal justice. Watch. The good news is here, it's our legal system in action saying nobody is above the law. Nobody's above the law, not Republicans and not Democrats, not Donald Trump, not anybody. I tend to think that nobody is above the law. No person above the law. We have political leaders who are not above the law. We don't believe that anybody should be above the law. They were all beating the same drum, if you will. No one is above the law. No one is above the law. Today's evidence is that that includes Trump as well. New life has been breathed into that saying, 
No person is above the law. Let's be completely clear. None of the people you just saw care a thing about justice. Let that word burn in their mouths. No, they are obviously bloodthirsty. They would cheer as you were necklaced in the street. No one is above the law, they would scream as you writhed on the ground. They would. We have the dumbest media in the history of the United States. I mean, these people are just stupid. I mean, it just, I don't know. I guess it never occurs to them to say, well, you know, okay, nobody's above the law. But what's the law? You know, what is the law all about? What's the purpose of the law? I mean, it makes you wonder. I mean, a lot of these people went to elite schools, okay? And I didn't go to elite school. You could probably tell by the way I talk that I didn't go to an elite school. But, you know, you don't have to go to an elite school to pick up a book, you know, that's that's written back when people were actually very scholarly and smart or read philosophy or, you know, just read somebody halfway intelligent. Instead, what these people do, they go to these elite schools and they're taught by these really progressive um, counter-revolutionary people who have crazy ideas and they indoctrinate these people into thinking all this crazy shit. And, and they just run around and repeat stuff, you know, nobody's above the law. Nobody's above the law, you know, and like, what is the law? You know, we've talked about on the, this program, what the law is. The, the purpose of the law is to protect liberty and property, period. So whose liberty is Alvin Bragg protecting? Whose property is Alvin Bragg protecting? Nobody's. Nobody's. In fact, he's attacking someone's liberty and attacking someone's property. So we've got a perversion of the law that is such that anybody could violate it for any reason. It just It's just up to the government to pursue it. I mean, that's, that's where we're at. And so you have to be uh, very careful when you're especially if you're someone who doesn't have a lot of resources. You know, one of the one of the benefits of Donald Trump for him and for us really too, is he has a lot of resources. He's got a lot of money. I mean, he flies around in his own 777 or whatever that is. I don't even know what it is. 727. I think it's bigger than a 727. And so a lot of resources helps. You can hire lawyers to defend you and things like that, but man, a lot of people don't have that go screw you money. Um, and they're afraid to speak up. They're afraid to challenge the government. They're afraid to stand up for what's right. Now, eventually we all will. Because eventually they'll take everything from us. And once they take everything from you, you got nothing, you got nothing left to stand for but, but what's right. And... I, some of you are going to think that I'm crazy for bringing this up, but this was very this. What's happening now is very similar to what happened in the Civil War, and most of you don't know the real story there. But the there were people in the government, powerful industrialists in the North, that were more than happy to use the government to beat up on the South. And what happened was the South got tired of it, and they said, you know what, we're leaving. 
and probably it would have been fine had there been anybody else other than Lincoln as president. Because Lincoln said, nope, you're not leaving, and he sent the army into the South and invaded the South. But it all started with a handful of people thinking it was okay to use the government against their political enemies. And that's exactly what's happening right now. So I'm not saying we're going to have a civil war or uh, secessions or anything like that. I'm just saying don't be surprised if we start moving in that direction. All right, well, look, I hope I've challenged you. I mean, tonight, what it, really what I'm trying to do is challenge you on some of these things like, you know, justice under the law. These are, these are, these are not true things in America, at least not today. Maybe there were at one time, but they're not like that today. So I'm sure this is challenging some of you. I'm sure uh, many of you are hopeful for the United States, as am I. But there's going to have to be a reckoning, a, a serious reckoning with with uh, what is the law, what is the legal system for, how, do, how is it being used. Um, there's, there's a there's a whole slew of, uh, of virtue and, 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 uh, and principle that are being undermined by people that are connected to government. That's just the reality of it. And that cannot persist. It just will not persist. Um, there's too many people that value, um, you know, things like justice is blind and, equality under the law and things like that. So, but look, if you, if you like this discussion, you know, come back and listen, because this is, this is playing right into my wheelhouse. I mean, you know, I'm going to talk more and more about this stuff because this is, this is what weaves us together as, as individuals, you know, otherwise we'd just be a bunch of individuals running off in different directions. But really what holds America together is this shared sense of value. But that's being, there are wedges being driven into that as we speak by this government, by Biden, his Justice Department, the permanent Washington class of people. Um, it's, it's bad, man. It's not good. And um, it's going to take a lot to undo all this. It's, it's, like, it's like getting fat, right? You don't get fat overnight. And you don't lose weight overnight. You know, it takes a lot of work. It took, the, the work it took to get there, it just, it, it just kind of happens, right? It, it happens while you're sleeping. Man, but the work to lose that weight, it takes focused effort and uh, initiative and willpower and, you know, those types of things. That, that's what we're going to have to do to turn this around. Um, I it's, it's not going to be as simple as voting for someone like Donald Trump. There are millions of people in our government that think what is going on right now is perfectly okay because they're on the right side of it. They're on the winning side. It's not the right side, but it's the winning side. So come back and listen. We're going to, we're going to have fun talking about this stuff. We're going to, we're going to try to, you know, I don't know, maybe I need to come up with some call to actions, you know, or something. Something that, that we can do uh, when we're done talking about this stuff. Because just talking is not going to do anything. Maybe it'll help change some minds, and that's what I'm 
hopeful of. In order to do that, you got to come back and listen. But, you know, don't forget to share the show, too. But if you come back and listen, I'll be here tomorrow to do it all over again on Who Gets to Decide. (laughs) 